2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Hey, good everyone. Good, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Good everyone. Good everyone. He's so, he's so, he's just so excited. It's, it's Fresh Catch 2.0. I'm Dr. Dave Ron. This is my buddy, David Dean. And David is... Uh, David is in a broom closet at JFK Airport. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I got a guy named Manuel and Hector. They keep wanting to know where to keep the mops. <laughs> I can't help them. No, no I'm less than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love, I mean, you know, we we sort of tease each other every once in a while. We look over our shoulders during a podcast. <laughs> Right. Mostly to see if our our spouses are listening because we're about to say something here. But now you're looking over your shoulder just in case somebody from TSA is going to swoop in and go. Wait a minute, you're not wearing your mask. You got it around your neck. Yes, there, there are a lot of obstacles in the way of this particular podcast, uh, and we've done this before. You and I have talked about it last week. We've done podcasts where we are remote. We're live somewhere. But I knew today was going to be tricky <laughs> because you and I have every Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. It is our podcast time. And I knew that I was going to be at JFK. And I told you right before you hit record, I, I spent 20 minutes walking this airport thinking to myself, where can I find, where can I carve out a little room in the busiest airport in North America <laughs> where nobody... Well, look at me and judge me without my mask. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from a utility service elevator. And occasionally you're going to hear gate uh, B4, the agent say, We're now boarding for Christ 4263. Please have your boarding pass prep. <laughs> I just looked over my shoulder. I may have said that a bit too loud. <laughs> Oh, listen, the fun thing about this is if if somehow there's an intervention in the middle, if somebody comes in, I'm recording. I mean, that is going to be, that is going to be a viral media. That's going to be a moment in time. That's going to be fantastic. Any of my other friends would be like, hey, Dave, can we help? Can we, what can we do for you? No, not, not Dr. Dave. He's just going to keep on recording. Dave, put your phone up. When they put you in cuffs keep talking when they take into interrogation room just keep talking this is yeah, great this is good media <laughs> well hopefully i mean you're you're pointing your voice and everything you're in a enclosed area you're pointing at a wall i mean i'm hoping that nobody uh, yeah you know gets gets sick on the from you i yeah i don't yeah my greatest fear <clears throat> not that this is the most unusual thing someone's ever done in an airport, but I do fear that a Delta authority is going to come up and tap me on the shoulder. Hey, is everything okay? You all right? Who are you talking to? You talking? You looking for a friend? No, no, no I'm doing doing a podcast without my mask. So, yeah, I mean, I and and I think that uh, talking to him and say, "Hey, I'm a I'm a comedian. I'm an entertainer." And everything that comes my way, I make fun of. Are you okay with jumping on my podcast? I mean, that'll make them skew, skew down. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few people you don't want to play games with, and uh, <laughs> I've had I've had guys in front of me who wanted to go stand up on TSA, and uh, that's just not the no, yeah, that's not the place to. I've never been taken aside. I've never been. Hey, we need to. Um, you know, you think this is a game or a joke, or you, you, you may have said bomb. I said no, no. I said, I said boom. It's Patrick Clouseau. It's got boom. I got the boom in my bag. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you, is this a, is this an episode where you'd like to talk about the the many uh, different moments, maybe over the years where you've bombed? Do you want to talk about bomb? <laughs> I think you enjoyed that question uh, that I threw at our, our buddy Andrew's family on his yeah, podcast. I do. And I said, hey, give me your worst moment. And you just, you loved it, didn't you? Why? Yeah, that's a that's a fun question to ask. That, that, that was... Any so, comedian, Dave, that tells you they don't bomb, they are a flat-out stone-cold liar. I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah, and and the the truth is, I mean, so I think that I think of um, I just I just spent a couple hours working on a poem, <laughs> uh, and uh, I could I can hear the people coming in the background for me right now. That's, I I do apologize, listeners. I do apologize. This is the. It's this torches and pitchforks. Pitchforks. It's what it sounds like. There, the mob is coming. There, but anyway, I so I was working on a poem, and one of the lines in the poem was to to say creatives, you know, creatives surge forth. There's some, and and uh, you know, sort of labeled people. And I thought about you. I thought about our moment. I thought you're a creative. You have to be a creative. That's. I mean, you need the space and the time to indulge your thought and let your mind go try some things test some things eventually get to be creative so last week we talked about van gogh obviously a creative uh you know i'm i just did a poem i mean i don't think of myself as a creative but maybe all of us need creative expressions what do you think i uh i ran into a friend at walmart yesterday which is kind of like the uh macy's of huntington and I said, uh, you know, I couldn't remember her name right, right away. And I said, hey, I blame my age. And then we start talking about uh, after 50 and with you after 60. I mean, it's the, the importance of exercising your brain. And so I tip my cap to you. I don't ever recall years ago you writing poetry or creating poetry, but it's kind of, a, kind of uh, like a mental cardio workout. Is that it, it absolutely is, and I. It's a way of um, of letting your mind obsess over something, you know. And and sometimes it's it's it's. I mean, part of what we get to do uh, a place that you and I both have is is uh, I think we have a ministry where we have to express ourselves in some way. You have to express mm -hmm. yourself well, and you work on those expressions. And sometimes the sometimes it's a uh, it's a, you know, it's a good outcome, and sometimes it's not. I mean, I, right, yeah, um, more times than not, I, I, my first effort to say something, people look at me and kind of like, what did he just mean? He's got to bring that down. 
I've, I've noticed the last year or two uh, on social media, you posting poetry. And first, to be honest with you, my first initial response was, that was a clip and paste. You, you were quoting a, an author or a, a favorite, you know, laureate. And, uh, but then I, I'm reading going, no, no, this is, this is Dr. Dave. Uh, going, going, kind of King Solomon here a little bit with his. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think of it as I mean, here's what I've noticed: is it, it's like a pace setter to me. It's like I cannot, you can't do something like write a poem fast. You can't do it with a hurried heart. So it ends up. So it's fascinating that I was drawn to this because I. I have to write a report for somebody. I have to write a report for the, you know, the folks at Fuller Youth Institute around uh, something that I think is going to be amazing, the 10 by 10 collaboration. I've been doing a little research. That's what you and I and Roger have done if we ever get back together again. Yeah. Um, I woke up this morning with a, a way to name those groups. I'm going to, I'd like to call them first love triplets. Uh, so first love being the the, the love that, uh, that Jesus accuses the, the church at Ephesus of losing their first love because they've now wandered away from him. They used to do things because they loved Jesus. Now they're doing things for other reasons, not, not for the love of Jesus. So first love triplets. But anyway, I, in, in, in thinking about this report I'm going to write up, I got sideways because I know that one of the things they want in the report is some detailed instructions about how to lead such a thing like you and I and Roger do. And, uh, I decided to try to put that into poetry. Mm. And it's more, I, I'm almost sure it's more, you know, I'll put, I'll paste it into, into the report, but I don't know that it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be, it's not like, how old, right. It's not like how well it's going to be received. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't that the, the interesting thing about art? Art is something that, that's not something you keep in the basement. Right. If you're expressing yourself, I my take on it is you're 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 using this this God-given talent to share with somebody else. And and art is not always well received. I think it it, it causes conversation, it causes dialogue, and I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard people say behind my back, well, David looks at the world through a different lens. Well, comedians do. And I think what you do, you you analyze and look at the world through a different lens. And, you know, you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I read quotes and stories and thoughts and I think to myself, I wonder how that was even conceived. Where did he, where was the genesis of that, you know, piece of art? Uh, but so... I, I uh, yeah. yeah, I think we're we're both uh, uh, uniquely made, and, and yeah. I'm kind of kind of glad that we're not we're not mainstream and we're not <laughs> normal, so to speak. <laughs> I, yeah, there's something. I me me neither. I and it and it, there's such a there's such a joy in that, and I think a lot of it's got to do with the. It's it, to me, it's a lot easier to notice and enjoy the companionship of Jesus at a, at a right pace. And art feels like it's sort of just, ha I can't hurry art. I can't, I mean, I can, I can hurry getting things done. I can hurry cutting the grass. But one time I cut the grass last summer and I specifically went and did a circle, like 
the whole I just did I just did the whole thing in circles. I started the center and I kept spiraling out because I get to look down on my second floor floor window on the grass. And I just wanted to see what the circle looked like from when I was hey, done. See, to me, that that comes across as completely normal. <laughs> I find that intriguing. I'd like to shave my armpits the same way with a little tiny man shaver and just just do a circle. And then just have Betsy come in and take her finger and just say, hey, start on the outside, work all the way you can, and see how long it takes for me to giggle. Okay, now do the other pit. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to do that on your head with a Sharpie. Just take a... But I mean, those things don't... Those don't appear unusual to me. I, I find that... I read a... Uh, I, I read a, um, a report not long ago uh, on, back going back to exercise in the brain. And... Uh, this expert said, as you as you begin to do things in life, it becomes routine. You're doing the same thing over and over. So he he suggested to do what you just did, Dr. Dave. He said, start doing things differently. Start learning a new language. Mm. Start start asking children questions. Start pick up a hobby you've never done before. He even suggested, I'm not trying to be crass here, when you sit on the stool to wipe your rear end with your not prominent hand, your your opposite hand that you just just different things to make your mind go, ah, I'm working a little harder. This feels wow. you're exercising. So to to mow the yard in a circle, I I think that's I love it. Well, I wow, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, I'm not going to trace this back a little bit. I think that it might actually be an outcome of this. Um, it started as a research project, but then it became a journey into understanding what God cared about when he's asking us to do Sabbath rest with him. Hmm. And, and I think the, one of the phrases, and we use this in our, in our, um, in our uh, first love triplets that we do is, is like, what do you notice, right? What have you noticed about Jesus? And I think, I think, is there, is there anybody who's really good at art, whatever form that is, whether it's you or whether it's Van Gogh, I mean, there's a, there is the, the noticing that has to happen before the art starts to take shape in your, in your head. So you notice, you know, somebody walking in front of you, their pants are drooping too low and immediately you go on, okay, I've got a few lines. What could I put in there? I start to work my stuff and Van Gogh does what he does. And, um, Man, I just, I think noticing is, wow, that might be the, the heart and soul of this thing. It's the same with the sermon. Yep. You don't want to walk out of a sermon and, and hearing the pastor preach for 30 minutes and walk out and go, eh, I feel pretty good about myself. I feel pretty comfortable. I like to walk out, think to myself, ah, he stepped on a couple of toes today. I don't think there's anything wrong in the world of comedy, poetry. Wow. Speaking at a youth conference, sometimes it, I, what was the great line? I'm offended if you didn't offend me. I, I think that's the case sometimes where people are like, hey, what are you going to say that I'm going to go on social media and, and rail on? I'm going to try to cancel, cancel you or whatever. I mean, right. uh, wow. 
I, you know, now that I, now that we're talking about this, I, I, I think this is what's invigorated my own uh, reading of scripture every morning now is I feel like I'm, um, I'm, I'm noticing not just like information, which is a, a you know, I'm noticing uh, Rick Lawrence calls it, pay attention to the heart of Jesus. Look for the heart, not for the formula. Uh, look, look for why, you know, why did he do this? Why did, why did Jesus, for example, say to Peter when he was resurrected in, in John 21, do you love me? And he, and he repeats it three times. But the first two times he says it with this Greek word, agapao, uh, you know, do you love me like at a level that, and, and Peter can't answer that way. He answers with that Philadelphia kind of love, that brotherly love. Mm-hmm. And so it's like here, here. And then he, and then the third time Jesus comes down to the Philadelphia love. And it's almost like, wow, what's a, why did Jesus say it the other way the other times why what's he trying to do here and to so you notice a word and then you chase the word and you notice and eventually you you want to notice something about the way jesus is and you go my goodness this is so cool thank you for being that way with me jesus uh betsy and i received a very unusual request last week uh two years ago we had some amish come do work on our home and that somehow created this friendship that I still scratch my head over. Um, we, we stay connected. Um, they've got a friend that drives them to all their jobs, and he has his own cell phone. So when I call my Amish friends, I, I call the English guy, and he said, well, let me get the Amish, let me get you know whoever you need. And so long story short, we, we went to a... Uh, a post-Christmas party last Friday night in Bryant, Indiana, uh, 450 West, 200 North, and I, I don't, I don't know where that was, but by the grace of God, <laughs> I found all the horse and buggies at one particular home. I said to Betsy, "I hope this is it," and uh, they had the lanterns lit. And I'm telling you what, the food was amazing. But here was what was absolutely. Uh, a moment that I'll I'll cherish in my mind forever. And I I posted this on social media. The most unfortunate thing about the night was it's like that pastor who skips Sunday morning and he goes golfing and he gets a hole in one. (laughs) but can't tell anybody. Right. 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 (laughs) So this was a night. There's no phones. You can't record. It's just, it's just, you hit you hit record in your mind in your it's heart you wow yeah so betsy and i and a few other english and tons of other amish after the meal we went into a living room and uh the dad and four of the boys pulled out harmonicas and began singing and playing old gospel hymns wow i, I wept and the room was just just lit by lanterns and nice toasty fire going and I, I thought I wonder if my walk with Jesus would be closer and, and more connected if sometimes after after dinner after meal you just you sat with people you love and just shared stories sang talked didn't talk over each other listen you get to pull you have to pull teeth to get you know some of the Amish to, to talk, but I mean when they speak, you lean in. Yeah. 
And I, I guess that's a, that's a night where, as you were talking about, Jesus is saying, how much do you love? I, I wish I had less distraction and, and more interaction. God. So there's a, I mean, if there's a lesson and you know, that's what we're all about here at Fresh Catch 2. Oh, yeah. We want to deliver lessons to our audience. Yeah. Picture them all with notepads right now, writing things down. But if there's a Dave lesson. Verman, Dave Veerman's in the back of the room heckling. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the, le- I mean, the, the, the takeaway is um, we don't know what we're missing by not noticing. You know, I, I mean, the, the failure to notice is is like ground level. That's like there's something behind a door and it could be, you know, the prize of a lifetime. But if you don't, if you don't open the door, you can't get to it. So I think noticing is like that. It's, it's like pay attention to what you need to pay. So whatever you're paying attention to, we all, I mean, it's not like we don't notice. We sit there, you know, sort of in vacant eyes. We're paying attention to something. But what you're talking about now is is a way of being that the Amish were doing, which is they sort of set aside other things that we pay attention to in order to pay attention to each other, to the moment, to even harmonica. Which I was I was reaching. I was kind of thinking I got my grandpa's harmonica in reach here. I was about to play it for you, but uh, I can't find it. <laughs> after after about every second or third song. A couple of the Amish know that I'm a I'm a comedian. Which, by the way, when you tell Amish what you do for a living, you may as well be t- telling someone who doesn't speak English what you do for a living. It just there's a pause, there's a stare. Uh, but after a couple of years of being friends with them and explaining over and over what I kind of do for work, uh, after the song, everybody kind of you know, clap a little bit, and then. Uh, David Girard, my the guy with my name, he turns around, looks at me, and says, "Get her done." No. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to know if I knew Larry the Cable Guy. I said, "No." <laughs> nope. Comedians, we don't hang like the Amish do. We don't. We don't know everybody. You guys do. We're not that way. <laughs> <laughs> I. I love that he, oh man, I love that he bridges to that. <laughs> they would play this really quick, you know, cute, uh, everlasting arms, you know, the harmonica, and then there'd be a pause and kind of like, oh, that was powerful. And he'd turn around and quietly look, get her done. Well, David, David, you kind of ruined the moment for me. You could just play the song. He's, is he, he's just trying to bridge to you. He's trying to. I don't to know. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Well, I, you know what, I, I mean, I am now imagining, you're right, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, I mean, the Amish are hard workers, they're frugal, the ones that I know, that are, they're, they're at, so they, they actually, it seems like they, they, um, they have money, they pay cash up here for houses, you know, and yeah, yeah. like that, so, so being wired that way, and then you say, I'm a comedian, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just imagining them looking at you and going, okay, money. How does the money thing work? How does, what do you do with your time? What, I mean. Cricket. <laughs> I sat next to a guy named Enos and his beautiful wife with four kids. And he leaned over at one point. So David, what is it you do for a living? I said, well, I, I 
I wanted to say I milk cows just so I could fit in, but I'm like, oh, I, I'm an entertainer. And Betsy leans across the table very politely and says, he's a comedian. <laughs> so later in the night, Betsy's like, she's got a really cranky bladder worse than me. She's like, I hate to do this. I got to make tinkle. I said, well, go ask Elizabeth Gerard. She's the, you know, the matriarch of the family and, Betsy went over. Are you ready for that? Oh, no. It's not outside. Please tell me it wasn't outside. <laughs> she reaches around the corner and places on Betsy's head one of those one of those lights that you see a coal miner, like in West Virginia. <laughs> it's about 30 yards out there to the right. When you hit the horse barn, go around that big strawberry patch there. So that's where Betsy went to the outhouse. <laughs> wearing one of those coal miner lights up on her forehead. <laughs> what I would have done to have a picture. And Betsy comes back, she says, it's a two-seater. Kind of cold, but super nice in there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'd love to have a picture of her on the can with her little work light on her head right. on oh, and yeah. be a screensaver. And just kind of looking around going, oh. <laughs> I mean, this, I guess this works, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, classic, yeah. Hey, where are you I, headed I, right now? Where are you headed? I am headed uh, in two hours to Santiago, Republica Dominicana, and I got a friend named uh, Jose Arismendiz who's going to pick me up and drive me to uh, Sasua on the northern coast of the DR, where I'll be for two weeks serving alongside my good friends at New Missions, which is what I did uh, last year during this right, time. So. Right. So, so, uh, so who is, who's going to be more, uh, understanding of and receptive to your comedy, Amish or the Dominicans? <laughs> why, why do you like to see me fail? Why, why, why do you love, you would do anything in the world to see me do stand up for either the Amish or the Dominicans? Knowing full well it's a dumpster fire, <laughs> and and you throw in between TSA. You got the <laughs> hey. Can I gather you guys together a little bit? I know it's been a hard year. Hey TSA, come here. I got a joke for you. Yeah. Hey, two ter two terrorists walk into a bar. <laughs> hey, boom, da boom. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, hey, that that choice of words. Sorry. Bada ding, bada bing. Big bada bing. That, that, that works. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful. So this is, uh, yeah, we did, I think we did something from the beach last year. You were walking around. All I can remember is you were really oiled up and dark. Mm -hmm. SPF 90 every day. SPF 90 on my shoulders, face, head, everything. And, uh, uh yeah, Wi-Fi is, is hit and miss. It's one of those things when you say goodbye to your bride, and she's like, oh, I'll talk to you tonight. Um, well, maybe. We'll, we'll see what's... Right. Yeah, so you've, you've been to developing countries. The, the connection, the electricity goes out. Uh, you know, it's funny. We, like when you read Yelp, Yelp reviews from, you know, 
entitled Americans or Europeans. We didn't care for the hotel at all. The toilet paper was rough. There was no water pressure. And we couldn't understand our waiter one single bit. Well, <laughs> you're not in Hamburg, Germany. You're not in Toronto, Canada. So for a second there, when you went for Yelp, I thought, wait a minute. Have I missed a section of Yelp where they review an entire country? I give <laughs> oh, the DR three stars. Three stars for an emerging country. It was awful. The whole country was hot. <laughs> I couldn't understand anything people said. <laughs> After the fourth day, I just couldn't eat rice and beans anymore. Ugh. That's it. I mean, on that, and that is that's the essence of a consumer culture. That we are, we feel like we we vote with our our pocketbooks or our thumbs up or our thumbs down or how many stars we we're entitled to rate everything. And then when you oh. send that to the church and stuff, we're we're a mess because we bring all that. Yeah. Have you ever read? You've read reviews on restaurants. You've read reviews yeah. on resorts. Have you ever read reviews on churches? Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, oh no, man, no, oh. I love it. Oh. Wow, it can be harsh, but I do like sitting in the lobby of a small little restaurant or a small hotel in the DR or Haiti when I'm there and just listen to the guests come down to front desk and what they complain about it is absolutely classic. You're complaining to a guy who's going home to uh, probably two rooms, maybe, maybe electricity, uh, hoping for a meal or two that day, living day to day. And here's this guy complaining about not being able to read. Is that hot water? Is that cold water? You know, what's wrong with the tub? Just, yeah. Wow. All perspective. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I I, I wish you uh, all the best. I'm going to speak on behalf of Fresh Catch Podcast Nation um, and say that if for any reason, some Haitians slip across the border and uh, sort of, you know, take you as hostage. Mm-hmm. We on the on the podcast nation here at Fresh Catch, we will pass the hat. No matter how long it takes, we will we will work endlessly because that feels like that's a fourth audience that you might not connect with in jail. You know, if you were, if you were somehow. In prison. I, I would love to see the amount raised if you did a GoFundMe to release David from jail in Port-au-Prince. It would be 20 years before <laughs> I'd ever get out of prison. <laughs> but I just want to, I mean, I could. how epic would it be for a person who's wired to notice? You would have so much material to work with, brother. It would be. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, any place other than a Haitian jail. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> I would be glad to give you material. But I will tell you, if I if I speak down there this year, which they've got me uh, scheduled to do, if I decide to weave in a little comedy, I'm going to have a friend record it just so I can share, share it with you so that you could just sit and watch a true a true death on stage. That is perfect. And I, and I want to say to you... Um, this is probably the lowest level of, of blessing or benediction I've ever given. Lord, keep him just from the Haitian jail. 
we are Fresh Catch 2.0, and we will try to do better next time. We're here.